Welcome to the Dividend Cafe, financial food for thought. Hello and welcome to today's issue of COVID and Markets podcast. This is David Bonson. I'm the Chief Investment Officer at the Bonson Group, and we're bringing you our daily Dividend Cafe version of COVID and Markets. Um, obviously, feel free to check out COVIDandMarkets.com for the written version where there are charts and all sorts of enhancements. But big day in the market today. Uh, the futures actually last night were down maybe 80 points or so as I went to bed. And uh, getting up very early this morning, the market was pointing to a 100-point increase. It kind of moved a little higher from there. Uh, the Nikkei, in the meantime, last night was up over 400 points. Uh, by the time I went to bed, it closed up over 500. I'll talk about that more in a moment. So um, coming into today, risk on seemed to be more prevalent. And then the futures pointing to a 200-point open at the morning and, and stayed above that level throughout the market open uh, uh, throughout the market day, averaging about 250 points up, kind of give or take a few points throughout the day, but then rallying about 400 into the end and closing just off the high up uh, about 360 points. All this happening with oil down about 20% on the day on the June front contract of WTI, uh, just uh, over, uh, let's see, as we sit here now, we're back to about $13 a barrel. We closed in the 12, so very low WTI prices for the June contract. Uh, continued contango uh, from month to month in those uh, prices. So um, financial stocks with the big leadership names today. We'll talk about that in a moment. From a market technical standpoint, the flows into the NASDAQ, particularly the triple Qs, are just absolutely unbelievable. I think so overdone. You're talking about the top percentile all time for rolling flows into that uh, famous NASDAQ ETF. Um, look, we're not NASDAQ investors and we're not ETF investors, generally speaking. And so it isn't something I have a lot of, uh, you know, skin in the game on. It is just simply something to note that the top five weighted names in the triple Qs are the same top five weighted names in the S&P 500. And, and so from our vantage point, we, we're looking at the level some of these mega cap companies play within the big market indices, seeing a really big disconnect forming between the broad market levels and the individual constituents of that market sands some of the big mega cap names. Still quite a bit of net short speculators, uh, particularly in the S&P futures, kind of allowing as more shorts get covered for ongoing buying pressure, either in the uh, present tense or the future tense. Um, the technicals are interesting overall. I'll have some more data tomorrow on, on today's action with the breadth and so forth. Um, I can see from my screen, though, that the breadth probably was not super high today as far as up almost 400 point days go, just in the fact that a good portion of pretty high profile consumer staples names were down. But the, the financials, the energy sector, a lot of real estate names today doing quite well. Um, in terms of the economic surprise index which is not necessarily an index we would talk about a lot it is important to note for those who are utilizing as their reason for being very confused by why the market's doing so well that there's all this bad economic news out there it's important to understand that the surprise index is at as bad a place as it's been since the financial crisis so i think that the 
question we have to ask is not will more bad news come, but will more bad surprises come? And and those two uh, economic components are very different, and and have a lot to do with how markets are, are pricing. The health front, though, is really quite encouraging, particularly over the weekend. Uh, confirmed case growth on Sunday of just 2.9 percent, the lowest to date. Uh, very dramatically declining. Uh, death count by percentage, uh, the positive ratio, meaning the no, total number of positive tests by divided by the total number of tests being taken um, is, is really collapsing. And that's by far the most encouraging thing because it's happening as testing is, is going to much higher levels. Um, we, we basically have seen our averages of new tests. Uh, let's see, do I put the numbers in? thought I'd type them out. Um, I may not have. Well, forgive me. But anyways, the, the averages have gone up uh, on a per day basis um, quite substantially. As far as how many tests were done today, Monday, it's difficult to say because for some reason, every Monday going into the Tuesday reporting cycle, there's been a disconnect between the two major reporting kind of bureaus or aggregators of data. And remember, they're getting all this from individual states. So it's not necessarily a flaw on their end. It's just kind of the data is only as good as what's being fed to them. But I'm seeing 136,000 tests from one, but 191,000 from another. So we'll get that sorted tomorrow. Um, across Europe, by the way, uh, really significantly lower death counts in Spain, Italy, uh, the Netherlands, France. So adding to optimism that Western Europe is in a better position. And then New York's death count on Sunday was the lowest it has been in a month. So, uh, you know, all of it, any, any sick people, any, any uh, mortality is, is very, very sad. But in terms of the aggregated uh, data interpretation, there is a lot of positive direction and, and we should be celebrating that. I mentioned Japan earlier, Nikkei closing up over 500 points last night is the Bank of Japan. Um, by the way, at 500 points, they're within a whisper of hitting 20,000. It was 16,500 at its March low. So over 18% increase in about six weeks. Um, but the BOJ basically committed to unlimited bond buying. That wasn't a huge announcement. I think everyone sort of expected they're just going to kind of buy whatever they have to buy. However, they tripled the maximum amount of corporate bonds and commercial paper uh, stipulating up to $186 billion equivalent, which, by the way, is 20 trillion yen, that they um, are committed to, uh, or at least allotting, into ba central bank purchases in the corporate bond market. Um, they're targeting, of course, a 0% rate. And um, I think that, uh, you know, when you add it all up together, uh, including, by the way, offering to pay financial firms 10 basis points, to uh, tap their lending facility to incentivize bank lending, you have what one could pretty easily call a pretty accommodative central bank here. And then that rhetoric, you know, whatever it takes, stop at nothing. That's kind of what the market wants to hear. As far as with our Fed, which is meeting today, meeting tomorrow, we're going to hear more from them in the middle of the week. Uh, the jumbo mortgage market in our country, the non-conforming space is pretty much dead and frozen. And I would be very surprised if the Fed and Department of Treasury are not addressing it. Even if they're not addressing it with, with as the most aggressive tools, I have to think there's some sort of uh, attention to that space coming on the commercial real estate side. It's more and more my view that even if they believe the CMBS space is off limits, that they don't want to come intervene 
and help unfreeze some of the frozen credit and commercial mortgage back, they may end up backdooring it, or at least the backdoor justification for it around uh, the sales tax receipts and property tax receipts that are surely to be threatened by the decline of rent rolls uh, in the retail space in particular. Um, the, there's got to be another collapse of those sales tax revenues and, and soon enough in property tax revenues that are so integral to the funding of states, counties, cities. And I suspect that that represents a good cover both to politicos and central bankers to uh, help intervene in the commercial mortgage market. Negative interest rates have been discussed the last few days. People wondering if the Fed's going to go that route. There was an, a former uh, Fed governor in Minnesota who made hay last week that they ought to do this. So my uh, writing at uh, covidandmarkets.com today will indicate how I feel about it. Not only that I do not believe they're going to do it now, I can make no predictions about what any central bank will ever do in the future because I've learned not to. Um, but as far as why they ought not to, it's a rather easy case for me to make. Uh, primarily, it, it solves a problem that we don't have, which is that people are out wanting to spend money but can't do it because credit's too expensive. Credit, is, The cost of credit is insanely low. It's just simply that, you know, people can't leave their house. So how do businesses go spend money and, and consumers go spend money when there's a lockdown? To the extent that the lockdown ends and those spirits, you know, are re provoked to some degree, then we will see. But the notion of having to pay people to go uh, invest money is highly distortive, counterproductive, and will do generational damage should, should they go into the negative interest rate space. That's my kind of summary of things with the, with the Fed. I hope that this podcast has been brief but helpful for you. And please check out covidandmarkets.com. Have a good Monday night. We'll come back to you tomorrow, Tuesday. Thank you for listening to the Dividend Cafe, financial food for thought. Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced here will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinion, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary it does not constitute investment advice the team at hightower should not be in any way liable for claims and make no express or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions for the obtained data and information reference herein the data and information are provided as of the date reference such data and information are subject to change without notice this document was created for informational purposes only the opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of hightower advisors llc or any of its affiliates